Welcome to Elixir Outlaws, the hallway track of the Elixir community. Well, our job is to entertain. This is, uh, that's a little scary. Uh, put us up in front of everybody. Um, Pressure's on now. <laughs> so I guess, I guess we should introduce all the outlaws then for people who don't know us. Um, which is probably like 99% of you out there. I see that we have four pages worth of people in, in Zoom. So we won't have everybody here introduce themselves. That might take us the whole time period, but we will introduce ourselves. I'm Amos. And then the great voice that was also speaking. <laughs> oh, uh, Anna. I'm, I'm Anna. <laughs> I don't know what else you want to say. Yeah. I don't I'm know. Anna. What's your favorite condiment, Anna? Condiment, ooh, that's a tough one. Um, chipotle mayo. Ooh, yeah, that's a good choice. Solid. Nice. Over to Solid you, choice. Keithley. Just got to drink his coffee first. Yeah. Oh, you ready, yeah. Keithley? Yeah. Hi, uh, I'm Chris. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> I'm happy to be here. And what's your favorite condiment, Chris? Oh, my favorite condiment's yeah. uh, yeah. oh. Dropping uh, the ball here, Chris. Oh, sorry, my bad. Um, favorite con- wait, hang on. Is it like just generally or with fries? There was not a or, lot like, of with a thing. direction. The question was, you know, a little bit open ended. I'm gonna say mayonnaise. You know what? I'm just gonna. I'm, just, I'm not even thinking about. It. I'm just gonna say mayonnaise. Hmm. All right. Dukes, it is. All right. <laughs> and then we have the newest outlaw. That if anybody listens, they've probably heard him on the last few episodes. And. Uh, just a few minutes ago, I was going to count the minutes, but it's been a little bit, uh, gave a, gave a talk here. I'm going to hop in there, Sean. Yeah. Hi, Sean. Um, you probably heard me talk already at this, if you've been to the conference, um, probably won't be too much. Uh, my favorite condiment, probably whole grain mustard. Oh, solid. Amos, you left, you didn't, you didn't answer the question. What's your favorite condiment? Yeah. What's your mm. favorite condiment, Amos? Well, now that Chris said fries, all I can think of fries and uh, it would be apple cider vinegar. To go with fries? My fries. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. What? So good. Is this a thing <laughs> that everybody knows about that I have just like, haven't heard of? Behind only, only people of class and substance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. Throwing it down. I love it. Oh. So we got the small talk out of the way. Yeah. Um, so what are we talking about? I, you know, for me doing the live episodes that we do, the greatest thing is, is getting audience interaction and letting the audience kind of guide where we go. Um, or we can just ask Chris, what, what thing doesn't exist this week. Um, (laughs) but so instead, like, I would love to get, uh, people from the audience, just what, what have you been learning about, um, questions that you have, uh, for, for us, like if you want to know what we ate for breakfast today, we'll fill you in. Um, we do have one question in the Q and A that we can start out with. Uh, yeah, we can start there. I think I'll let the question asker ask the question if they want to unmute and ask Ad- Adolfo. I hope I said your name correctly. Yes, yes. Thanks and congrats for your podcasts. And what's your favorite thing about having a podcast? great question it's a tough question it's real personal i i for me i think uh getting to talk to everybody and uh like every week i get to talk to these 
fun people and, and learn new things. Uh, uh, my goal in life is to be the dumbest person in the room. And I get to do that every week now. Uh, and then, you know, when I go out and meet at conferences and I run into people, it's, uh, it's a lot easier to introduce yourself whenever there's a large number of people who already know who you are, even if they don't like you, it doesn't matter. They already know who you are. And, and that's so, a compliment. And you're assuming people listen to the podcast. <laughs> well, well I, no, no, I, I, think, I, I think he means like, you know, in the same way that if somebody uses MC, BI or Emacs, they'll no, tell you because you, you'll find out because they'll just like inform you. Uh, in the same way, if you have a podcast, I think a big part of that is that you tell people that you that's have right. a podcast. So, uh, I think that's maybe what Amos is talking about. He just I'm sort of, just I've seen him at conferences. He goes up and he's like, I'm Amos, you know, I have a podcast here. Check it out. And he like hands yeah. people like a link. <laughs> well, the lazy a QR code. a couple years ago, right? Yeah. He totally organized like a thing to like get people together to promote, you know, and also talk about the podcast, et cetera. So I see it. I see it. How about you all? Um, Uh, I think a little echoing a little bit of your sentiments, Amos. I think like a being able to have like really interesting conversations consistently. I think the thing that I've loved specifically about our podcast, not just having a podcast, is um, we have created the space to really talk about whatever kind of feels important or whatever comes to mind. And there's not a lot of like because we decided that we kind of want this to be like a hallway comp podcast where we intentionally don't do a lot of preparation or are really specific about the things we're going to talk about ahead of time. I think it's really led to some um, organic conversation that has been really insightful um, that I don't know that would have happened otherwise. Um, and so I've really, really appreciated that. Um, and then selfishly, like it's been really just fun getting to talk to people who I really enjoy, you know, my friends that I really enjoy getting to hang out with. And so having that be a regular thing uh, has been awesome. How about uh, Sean? Sean, you're. Oh, Sean. You're new. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I've only, I've only been on a few episodes so far. Um, but I, I think, um, what's been really rewarding for me is, uh, being able to talk to folks about things that I feel like are important, um, who aren't my coworkers and like, you know, getting their perspective, um, has been really helpful for me and, and being able to share my perspective. Uh, sometimes it's like, um, you know, if you're, if you're fighting against, uh, um, you know, people's uh, biases within your organization and you, you can't like share a particular opinion or thought, um, you know, getting someone else's perspective outside is really good. I, I, I kind of want to add to that. Yeah. Like putting ourselves out there. I've, I get all kinds of random messages that are like, yeah, you're right on, or you're an idiot. And I actually really love that feedback because it helps me grow a lot. And so putting ourselves out there kind of gives you some craziness. You get to make frenemies all the time. <laughs> so that's fun. That Chris knows all about frenemies. <laughs> so how about you, Chris? What's, what's your favorite part? Oh, I, ha I have so many snarky answers. Um, you know, like uh, I get to tell people I have a podcast. I think the way you're supposed to do it is you're supposed to also have a book you're working on and then you use the, and then like a blog. And so you use the blog to promote the podcast, which promotes the book, which promotes back to the, the blog, you know, it's sort of cyclical in that way, um, becomes an Ouroboros of hype. But uh, I, no, I mean, I, I think legitimately, like my favorite parts of it have been um, the escape of like, 
walking away from the like something that's either frustrating in my work or something that's frustrating me about the community or something that's frustrating me about stuff, you know, just like a safe space to like come and like talk to my friends about it um, and like work through those sorts of things. And this place where we don't necessarily have to have a lot of, um, we don't put expectations on ourselves about this stuff. Um, you know, little things like the quality of the content or the editing of the podcast like we don't you know we have never put those sorts of pressures on ourselves and i think uh it's led to this place where like we don't we end up being we end up doing having the conversations that we want to have because of that and that's been very rewarding and that's something i've i will i've always really appreciated um so that's probably the best part um yeah yeah i agree so we have a yes. question that's, oh, go ahead. No, go for it. No. It's you, Anna, just go. Okay. Well, I was going to say we have another question. Um, I can't see who posted it, but it was on, along, the, along the lines of the podcast. Um, Fabian? Fabian, oh yeah. Do you, do you want to unmute and ask? I can, I can ask. So do you guys have like the worst episode ever? It completely went out of control because it was like such a contentious uh, topic. Yeah, Chris is nodding away. There's, there's, there's at least two I can think of that never aired. <laughs> oh, they, they were that bad. Yeah, yeah. So I got that bad. Oh, but then that is yeah. not life, right? Oh, you guys are mean. Yeah, that's yeah. that's very true. Yeah. There were there were there were a couple that about twenty minutes in. We're like we can't we can't release we can't this. Do this. Yeah, we can't. Uh, release this. Yeah, and, and sometimes yeah. sometimes those we say that and then we release it anyway. But there there were a couple. There was one that we listened to a few times, and like the third time of listening through it, I was like, man, we cannot, we can't put this out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. there was there was one Art. that was there was one that was really like, I think it was all of us in a pretty. We were all dealing with our own individual like um i don't know like uh, just stuff like personal stuff and it was super there was one of them that was like super negative like we all came out just basically like everything sucks the world sucks like <laughs> like what's even the point <laughs> you know like it was like very nihilistic and that we were sort of like yeah let's you know i, I mean there's been it's a not, couple of times yeah. where where somebody has been like we've gotten on here and then we've just been like guys i'm having a terrible day and we just like stop recording and we just talk and hang out mm -hmm. and we don't remember then we don't release that either obviously so there's been a couple of those um none of those like necessarily i don't know if any of those count the one for me the probably the most negative one or like the lowest the low point for me was uh the one where i finally pushed jose over the edge and he forced him to quit ecto <laughs> because <laughs> I was like critical of some decisions that they'd made and I like in my mind it was in the kind of the early it was like one of the early episodes of the show and I was still in this mode of like no one's listening to this so I can like say whatever and you don't realize like the impact that you're having um okay yeah. and then and that so for me personally that was one of them and that was a real low point of and and, and I would say like a turning point of my own sort of like being very cognizant um, of the weight that, some, that that like just words can carry for people. 
and like kind of to some degree how like like you know if you're doing a lot of open source maintenance you're really walking like the razor's edge of burnout like kind of all the time um and it doesn't take much for somebody to like push you over the edge of that um so that was that was probably the low point for me uh yeah but it was like a like an experience which which you took and then probably you won't do that again right so uh so yeah wasn't... that's the goal well um well, yeah discussing is one thing right but uh, yeah we don't want to push people over the edge yeah i think covid makes it difficult right I, I don't know have you seen that that covid makes it a different conversation as it was before did it change i think that the feedback yes the feedback change right so the the things that you could say before people were were kind of well especially at the beginning when people were stuck and felt stuck and couldn't get out of their homes and things is is that the feedback that we would get there were things that you could say like before covid that would be found as funny and we would intend for it to be a joke and then i would get cornered online or uh when we first started going back and and meeting people in person like i i got cornered a couple times and it was like hey you guys said this and i was like I thought that was clearly a joke. I'm really sorry to, to have offended you. Um, I'll try not to do it in the future. But you also, got cornered I think by one of the Phoenix Core team for something I said. Yes, <laughs> I did. Yes, I did. I answer for Chris a lot. <laughs> oh no, I think I said uh, something I, like I don't get contexts, and like then one of the core team was like, "I got a bone to pick with you." <laughs> like, well, I, I think they go to me because you know Chris is is way taller and has dark hair and is kind of intimidating, and I have like bright orange hair and look like Opie Taylor if if you all know who that is, and and so people are like, "Oh, Amos is probably nice. I can go attack him." <laughs> we'll and the way Amos will respond is going to be really nice yes totally not that chris would respond in a nice way but you were saying <laughs> nice. uh so yeah i don't really have an episode but i have like moments like that and and i think i don't know if that's ever going to go away i think if you're speaking you're always going to have somebody who doesn't like what you have to say and you just try really hard to be clear that like this is a learning experience for us too uh and and as we're going through things we are not always going to disagree like i've argued with with chris and anna before um and and but also how we release our episodes is really raw like what you see is what you get most of the time it has to be pretty bad for us to be like we're not going to release this um and a lot of times it has to get personally bad um so like because because we're so raw and open whatever we do record we when we get into personal things sometimes it's like uh, maybe maybe i can't release that thing about how i'm really bummed out right now like nobody wants we don't want to put that out there because we want people to be happy when they listen and not be like oh you're super struggling and then i know that like that's a good thing too is like people hear that from you and they they can connect but uh it, it can go bad like you can get really negative and drag other people with you so we try to avoid that we actually even we didn't really do a good job of this but early on um uh in, in like the epidemic or pandemic stuff um we talked a lot about like trying to keep trying to not talk about coronavirus like in the on the yeah. show and then we and then we failed like repeatedly but we kind of kept re re like telling ourselves like we should we should not do that and we so we made a point of like trying to not as much as possible because we sort of felt like the reason you listen to this is not our opinion on the world it's it's 
to some degree, like, I don't know, like, I don't know how healthy this is, right? But when I listen to pod, I have plenty of podcasts that I listen to all the time. Um, and I listen to them because uh, essentially I have a parasocial relationship with those people <laughs> and like, it's not necessarily healthy, but like, I think that there's something, if you're aware of it, I, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on like how, how net, how net negative that probably is for you. But like, there's plenty of shows like that, that I listen to. And it's just, cause I just want to hear like these people um, talk. Like, I just want to hear their voices. Like, I just want to hear them hanging out and laughing and, and stuff like that. And to some degree, it's a little bit of an escape. And so we tried to make it, we tried to keep kind of like bigger stuff out of it. Um, but not always with great success. Yeah. And I, we also okay. talked about trying to keep the community going and together at the beginning of that. And, and I think that those, those discussions were really good. I know that we were asked about what the worst ones are, but I thought that those were a good non-technical thing that we talked about. I agree. Um, I mean, I think it did. I think we did have some interesting, really interesting conversations about like how community, the community has shifted or needed to shift, right? During pandemic or how like like you know like how the, like how things had to change and like what were the good things that came out of that et cetera et cetera so there were some positives um, but I think to both of your points I think like trying to put something out that like would hopefully at least be something positive or some pe people could take something positive from it even if it was just listening to us talk about what Chris's kids like something funny or something interesting or like how much them that sucks <laughs> or Keith Lee's a thousand very strong opinion on a particular thing. Um, but yeah, but hopefully people would get something out of it, which is why we were careful about not releasing things where they were like, oh, we're just not even like, releasing anything that um, is going to bring any kind of like positivity, et cetera. Do we have other questions that haven't been paying attention? But... I don't know if Sean's going to have to learn how to get himself in here. <laughs> yeah, well, no, well right? I guess I'll start, Sean, I'll start <laughs> by, by injecting a question. How about that? Um, so, uh, Sigu, do you want to do you want to ask your question on the air? Oh yes, uh, it's a little straightforward question. So, um, since the introduction of uh, NX, the the project in Elixir, um, there has been a lot of um, experimental projects, toy projects all around. Um, so, I'm just wondering what uh, are some of the interesting let me use the word interesting what are some of the most interesting projects you've seen that um that have been implemented using nx so far it's more of an opinion on so this isn't a public project um so i'm i'm trying to think of how i can word this uh i had i had somebody talk to us about this um but it was it's using they were using nx with some ocr stuff and trying to do fraud detection on paperwork that oh, is often fraught with fraud because it has to do with contracts so that was that was pretty i can't say much more about that but <laughs> it was it was a neat idea that i thought and i really loved that they were talking about using elixir to do that instead of jumping on to like the the existing solutions like python they were like no we really think that elixir is the way to go for the future on this and that was that i don't know it felt good to be like oh i'm in that community thank you <laughs> uh even though i haven't 
I, I've played with it next. I've done the toy project stuff, but uh, nothing like the, what they were doing. Yeah, we, we actually had our KC Elixir had two different presentations. One was me and one was uh, um, Jeremy. No. Um, anyway, uh, trying to convert a pure Elixir ray tracer to run on NX um, was pr pretty hard. <laughs> um, not successful other than the basic math. Uh, so, yeah, that's not shipping anytime soon. But it was fun. Chris, Anna. Yeah. Chris, do you have anything? I don't really have anything on that one. I am I haven't been paying. I'll be honest. I'm at a new job now and <laughs> I'm not paying attention to anything. <laughs> so I am very I'm just like heads down right now. Uh deep in deep, deep in the tank on some stuff. Jack, Are you allowed talk to talk about what you're working on? I cannot talk about any of it, but I will talk about it soon because we're doing some pretty sick stuff. Um, and I can't, I can literally share nothing about it, but it, I'm super excited. Um, and I think it's probably one of the most interesting applications of Elixir. Uh, Assuming we, we get we, we get to that point, I think it'll be one of the most interesting like use cases. Yeah, that's what I can say. That's what I, that's that's all I that's all I, that's all I can say. And I'm writing a lot of NIM and I have so many thoughts. Most of them NIM's not NX, Chris. <laughs> no, I know. I know. But I really want to talk about how just completely mediocre <laughs> NIM feels. <laughs> Uh, it's fine. It's a totally, it's a totally fine language. That's not C. Yeah, um, we don't, we don't want to turn this into one of the episodes that we regret. No, oh, no. Not good idea. I, actually, not good. I actually think That's it's not fine. A good idea. It's, it's totally fine. It's, it's totally reasonable. It's just, you know, whatever. It's, it's, yeah, uh, it's more about me. Follow up on that. Just following up on that. Uh, uh, following the, uh, the response, it seems like there are not a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, now, do you think it's because uh, traditionally those who are in Alang and Elixir are not so much from the machine learning community and AI-based community? Is this the reason as to why we do not have a lot of uh, just people jumping into it? And if that's the case, then what do you think is the best way to maybe port people over if that's the case? I don't know. You're asking a lot of people i oh boy um it's a it's a hard it's a long road to hoe is what is how i'll say it it's going to be a long long road to hoe um and it's the problem is like everyone if python was too slow people would have stopped using Python and they didn't, right? Like they are using Python now and all those libraries and all that stuff, right? And you can have an art, you know, there's lots of, it's not a perfect ecosystem by any means, um, but like it has so much inertia, like just, you know, it's like trying to push a boulder 
you know, up a hill, Sisyphus style. And it's just going to be hard to get people to want to switch, right? It's got to be, it's got to be more compelling than it already is. Um, because like, no one's going to necessarily convert away from Python. Like if you're a researcher and you already know Python, like what other benefit do you need? Like, you know, Python already, which means you have access to every lib that's out there. And there's like this entire cottage industry around like building more of that stuff and all that stuff's first class. So you have to like, so like, there's no, and also like everyone else is there, right? It's like, it, it's like everyone else is already doing that thing too. So you're going to like reap the benefits of that. And if you're a researcher who's just in this to like research, you don't care. Like, it's not like you have some vested interest in the tool necessarily as a tool, right? Like you want answers and this is like the quickest route to answers and you already know all this stuff and it would mean learning all this stuff, right? Um, not to say that like that doesn't, that can't happen, you know, obviously like R is a thing adjacent to Python and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, I just think like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a long road. And the fact is like most Elixir people, right, are like slinging web apps. Um, and like, those are not the same groups of people necessarily. <laughs> um, there's plenty of crossover in like hobbyists and like people want to do that. But if you're talking about like most like researchers aren't slinging web apps and most people slinging web apps aren't doing like heavy machine learning stuff, like, like as their day job. Right. And, and that's where you learn all this stuff. So hobby is different, but I don't know. I think it's going to be, it's I like you're going to have to work so much to get to parity, right? Um, and that's going to, it's just going to be hard. I, I, I'm not here to like say that those are bad efforts or like not worth it or whatever. Like I love that stuff and I'm having fun playing with those things. Um, and, and, and I will say like, I think stuff like, um, you know, Lifebook, like Lifebook has, has a lot of legs even outside of the whole NX ML stuff. It's just fun. You know, it's like fun to be able to play with. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, in terms of getting people to make that switch, I don't know, man, like it's, I, I think be you got to have a you got to have a few early adopters have some big successes yeah. that make other people who are just starting to learn say, "Ooh, I want to use that because I saw this big success." And then you need to follow that up with an educational path for them. And I don't necessarily mean a traditional educational path. It could be university classes. It could just be online resources. Uh, anything that gets those, those people watching the early adopters get a few big wins and then they're like, oh, I want to jump on that train. And now we have to have a way to get them onto that train. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's incredibly important to mention that at next, it, as, as a public thing is less than a year old. Like, so, so you, you think about all those machine learning things that, that are in Python uh, or C++, they've been around a long time. Um, and, and, you know, that's not to say that, you know, we're, we're trying to, or we in the Elixir community are trying to steal away mind shared there. Maybe we're just trying to expand the capacity of what's available to the Beam platform, like, uh, so that it can cover more use cases. Um, you know, in, in, in past, um, work situations, I I've kind of pushed for, well, we have these things that are established, um, that are in other languages and they, they do those things well, but we need some coordination component, like 
that's a good place where Erlang and Elixir can can fit in, right? Um, but this is this is sort of taking the next step and saying, let, let's not just uh, be glue for those things, but like let's be a platform that you can use those things on. Um, and that that's that like expands the the viability of the beam as as something that people can use in their day to day. And I think that's mm -hmm. overall good, even if it doesn't have immediate adoption. Mm -hmm. And some of the Python stuff is a real slow burn. It's, you know, I mean, like you think about how long NumPy has existed mm -hmm. as a thing. And like, even people who wrote Python uh, now close to like eight, eight years ago, 10 years ago or whatever, like knew about NumPy, but might not have ever even installed it, <laughs> right? Like that's a, it, that stuff is, yeah. I think it's all this stuff. It's a very specific takes slow a long burn. Time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and if you and don't all of a sudden get an ex an explosion of machine learning people, like you know, who are all pouring effort into that into that stuff, then then you know, it. Who knows what the adoption of that would be like, right? Like it probably wouldn't change, right? You'd probably be split between like R and whatever, and people doing statistical computing and MATLAB and Octave and all this stuff. But it's like because all of a sudden you have this explosion of of other people and it gets this like crazy adoption. I think another way to push adoption too is if you can build tools, like, like not, not the libraries themselves, but tool, like things that can help you get started, help you get things moving along. Uh, if you can build those tools and make that like barrier of jumping in lower, so if you can build tools that make our barrier lower than jumping in as Python's barrier, then then we will push push the Beam community in that direction and mm -hmm. get more also, people coming in. I also want to add that like if you can find if you're excited about this and you're working on it and you can find people that are excited that will work on it with you, um, just because even starting these kinds of efforts and maintaining these efforts and pushing these efforts forward solo is really hard and burnout is very real as we talked about you know a little bit of open source. So if you really want to do something that's going to be sustaining. You can find other people that are also psyched to try and do that. Um, helps bolster the effort. I hope hope that answered it. <laughs> Thanks, see you. Uh, we got we have some more questions. Uh, Birds, How much time do we have? I don't know. I'm just gonna keep talking until I see Barbara going like this. That's what she told me the other day. So, okay. <laughs> uh, Br Bruce. Other Kansas City native, you wanna you wanna hop in and ask your question? Sure. What topics are you looking forward to next year? Did you hear me all right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm actually really interested in seeing a lot of the companies that I've seen growing with Elixir and and the problems that they run into and how they're solving them. That always interests me like how do you like i i'm gonna pick on sean because he just gave a talk that was all about you know taking this big monolithic application and breaking it apart and and solving those problems and that's where i get interested is i love to see like what questions did you ask yourself what answers did you come up with and as as our community grows uh and and seeing like the erlang libraries and and the people 
talking around the problems that they're seeing there or like the new beam languages too. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm all over the place, I guess, for the next year. I just see there's a, a lot of growth in the entire beam community. And uh, I think in the past couple of years, I think we've, we've tightened that community too, instead of being like, oh, here's the LFE group and here's the Erlang group and here's the Elixir group. We've, we've tightened that bond and we've all started to help each other. And I think Erlang Ecosystem Foundation has helped with that. And so I like, I'm ready to see how that moves forward in the next year. And, and as we can all come out and be, be a part of each other's lives in more than just these little video screens. Because we, I think we got tighter together as a community at the same time that we all had to separate. And so seeing where we go now that we're a tighter community and then being able to be together, like that's, that's what I'm excited about. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, I'm really excited about seeing what happens now that people can actually be in the same space. Like Zoom has done a great job, but there's something about being able to have conversations and also like, let's be real, there's no good like virtual whiteboard unless someone's found one, please let me know. But like being able to have conversations in the same room right? Being able to share ideas in the same room and see what comes out of that. I'm really excited to see what happens because I think there is something there that you can't capture. You can't capture. Scribble together. Mm -hmm. Scribble together. That's the virtual whiteboard that I, I found that kind of works. Kind of, right? Kind of works. Yeah. But I'm curious to see what happens and how, the, how what, what, what comes out of this next year once people can kind of come back inside. Chris Chellen. Sean's just looking forward to holding his cat. His cat is so yeah, cute. yeah. I'm, I'm, cat. I'm, I'm uh, excited to learn more about cats. Now I know plenty about cats; they rule my life. Um, the yeah, things things are interesting to me. Um, I'm interested in things, and, and maybe it's kind of related to the NX question. Um, you know how how we can expand the ecosystem at the edges. Um, so. Um, you know, uh, I, I was really inspired by Benoit's talk about building edge computing platform with, with Erlang. Uh, I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, you know, run, doing, doing things that are portable, uh, run anywhere type of stuff. Of course, Peter Alvaro's talk, he's always inspiring, um, uh, you know, about, about uh, a, a data focused operating system rather than a process focus. That was really, really awesome. Um, you know, I'm always watching the distributed systems place, uh, space, uh, given where I came, came up from. Um, and I know that I'm kind of going off the rails about Erlang and Elixir here, but, uh, um, there's great stuff by, um, Martin Kletman, uh, doing work on, uh, loosely coordinated, uh, data systems. Um, so he's developing new kinds of CRDTs. Uh, he's developing uh, proofs about uh, sorts of loosely coordinated systems. It's really exciting stuff. Um, so, you know, I'm I try to keep my my finger on research for for sorts of things that I might be able to do in my day job, and that's kind of fun. If if you ever want to get papers, just talk to read. Just talk to me. I have plenty of papers for you to read. Chris, anything? Yeah, I mean, none of, I will say none of my stuff is very, none of, none of my stuff is very uh, Elixir or Erlang focused at the moment. I mean, it is t tangentially, but none of it is like specific to that. 
but I am I am personally learning a whole lot more about um, uh, I guess resiliency engineering um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah, just like lots of other stuff. It, going back to lots of things I haven't done in about a decade. Um, and that's been really fun. And um, yeah, safety's like safety critical stuff. And um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to dodge around how much I'm actually allowed to say. Uh, but but there's Don't lots of lots of learnings trouble. there. No, 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 lots of learnings there. And I and I'm very excited about all that. Um, but none of that's really necessarily specific to um, uh, to to Elixir. I, I would say. I guess like there's there's some there's more of those topics like sort of uh, floating around like the Erlang world. Um, and so it's, it's been, it's nice to see other folks working on that as well. We got a, we got another question, um, probably a quick one from, uh, I'm probably going to say this wrong. Rowenton, do you want to unmute? I know that you were, uh, your video disappeared for me, but yeah, I was just going to say, are you going to, are you going to, I don't know what you call it, syndicate or get yourself onto the, uh, onto the um, Clubhouse platform, your podcast. I, I have, I have an account on there, and I've turned it on a couple times. Uh, I speak some Irish, and I get on there and talk to people in Irish, but uh, have not really talked much about tech on there myself. Um, I don't even know if. Do any of the other, do any of you have accounts on there? I've tried it. Yeah, I do. It's not something we've talked about. No. Yeah. For no good reason. We just haven't. I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Maybe. We'll talk about it. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe. Always possible. Um, I don't know. What else? Anything else? Or we should we... I know we we're supposed to end at one and it's a little after, so I don't know if we should wrap. We have uh, Adolfo has one more, oh, question. one more question. I think right. I think I think he's listened to a, an old episode and he's trying to bring uh, it up. So Adolfo, you want to hop on? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, just to, we, we are almost finishing, so a little bit of fun comments. So uh, is GitHub Copilot going to leave us all unemployed? I think that's bait for you, do you think? I think I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know you're gonna dignify that with a with a response. <laughs> no. The thing is garbage. <laughs> it's good too. It's good that it's such garbage because like it, you know, it's good that it's not gonna do material harm to the world or anything like that. <sighs> Freaking whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those of you that we had an episode where um, we all did, but Keith Lee had some especially strong feelings about um, GitHub Copilot. Did anybody? Has anybody else followed the thread? That followed the thread on how they like uh, they ban certain words from coming up in their like. Uh, it's like baked, but it's baked into the client, so you can grab it. They've got these like hashed words, and they compare against a hash or whatever, and then somebody re reversed them all. Using like a rainbow table <laughs> to figure out what words they were they're banning, and it's real funny. 
which is to say terrifying um but yeah it's a it's a it's it's a pretty easy to find thread are they Just banning gpl did they, did they ban gpl they so had does... to specifically ban quake oh. <laughs> they had to specifically ban the like quake fast square root inverse square root algorithm or whatever because that kept showing up <laughs> what a friggin toy it's, so stupid. <laughs> it's not even a thing oh <laughs> uh... Uh, yeah, I don't think that right now you can you you can replace the creativity and ingenuity that it takes to build a real system, especially a, a complex system with with a uh, you know uh, glorified Markov list. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It cracks me up. I've seen people use it a few times as like a demonstration, and and I've watched it also produce some really terrible code. My favorite uh, is still it's this. It's somebody. There's a like you know YouTuber bro who is like showing it off or whatever, and he's like, "This is amazing. This is gonna like put all programmers out of." It's like now, what are we gonna use? Unironically, was like now we can't use leak code anymore for like interviews. Like, what are we gonna even do? And I was like, "Oh gosh," <laughs> like he's like he's like okay i'm gonna do this algorithm and he totally generates the wrong algorithm and he looks at it and he's like see this is amazing and, I was, and it's like yeah but it's like wrong bro like and it's the same algorithm you just generated where you said it did the opposite thing like whatever <laughs> so like yeah no i don't think it's going to replace human beings anytime soon but you know one million views on youtube so there you go Worth yeah it. and i Hashtag. I think it also it also raises the question, uh, you know, if it's got this huge corpus of code that it's that's reading from, and you need to use Copilot to do your job, um, are you using the right tool at all? Like, mm -hmm. because, um, you know, hey, I need some like mathematical algorithm I've never coded. Why don't I just type it in and like go Copilot fill it in for me? Maybe I should have done the research and like looked up the code that I should reuse that someone else wrote and that's correct. Um, so like there, there's all sorts of, of like friend problems that don't even have to do with like the, the uh, you know, veracity of, of the code uh, that it's producing or, or the, the provenance of it. Yeah. If you don't understand even what's yeah. coming out of it, how do you know it's right in the first place? There's also a really great like paper. I mean, it's on archive, right? So like, you, you know, take that, as it is <clears throat> right um but it's there's a really great archive paper where somebody uh was explaining like all the bugs that now are being produced by copilot <laughs> and like all the security vulnerabilities <laughs> uh, so it's it's the, it's the jokes literally write themselves <laughs> much like the code perfect <laughs> uh you know, I just, I see Robert walking around over there on the stage and, uh, he's looking sharper than any of us, I think. And, uh, Robert, it's really cool that you, you put that together in person and, and had people come in. So thank you for all your hard work. I don't know. Should we all get to Toucan? I really want to talk to people yeah. instead of, instead of yeah. just seeing all We're silent faces. Signal. Yeah, exactly. I think <laughs> oh, I got the cutoff yes. signal. Yes. Uh, uh, and she, and I, she's one. She's one minute early. She's 
too spot on time there. Yes, one minute early cutoff signal. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess from us, I, I really think that we, we want to thank the the programming committee, the Code Beam organizers, uh, the sponsors, all the speakers. Without this in person or apart, it, it wouldn't happen without all of you putting in a lot of hard work. And uh, thank you. Thanks for yeah, having thank us. Thank you all. Thank you so much for having us. It was really fun. It's always such a pleasure. And everybody come back to CodeBeam next year and bring your yeah, friends. Exactly. Let's make it twice this size. Totally. All right. Let's see you all in the Tuca app. Bye, y'all. See, see you on the other side. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.